and welcome to the beaten track i'm joe bullock and as always i'm joined by louis baker hello joseph how are you doing doing very well thank you i'm excited as ever but yeah it's 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 a ranking list thing um and it was my choice so um yeah i I think i made a good choice um Mm. and i'm um, intrigued because I think there's going to be some differences here, um, yes. which is kind of what we want. We want a bit of difference and discussion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think this is a good format to do, especially for an artist like who we're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. to say yes. who we're doing, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but basically, the discography is very diverse, and I think if you stick to kind of the one or two albums that sort of yeah. make their appearances in the Rolling Stone list or whatever. It's kind of like you're missing out quite a lot, I think. Um, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. We've got someone who's got a um, a diverse discography and a very good discography, um, so probably quite worthy um, of a ranking. Um, but I, all of the albums that we mentioned today could probably be worth their own um, sort of podcast episode as well on their own. But yeah, it's a good way to tackle it. I think you're right. So I guess we should introduce who we're doing. We're, we're doing um, PJ Harvey. Um, yeah, perhaps one of the most sort of singular um, talents uh, and figures that we've got. Um, and yeah, so we're ranking her top five albums released as PJ Harvey. She's collaborated with some people as well they probably wouldn't make it so it's probably not too much of an issue um and yeah although i think her first two records as pj harvey were as a band we're gonna just sort of say it's all kind of one because i think she's kind of become um such a like i said kind of singular figure and and is and and has an image that is very much that um yeah she's kind of led a very unique direction um um in her career and has produced some fantastic albums so i'm looking forward to speaking about them yeah i thought i was a bit late to the party on pj but but you're at the pj party now aren't you yeah everyone's invited very much so um yeah a little introduction um emerged um in the 90s from the sort of alternative um guitar scene with a kind of aggressive, slightly grungy style, um, and then has since grown um, into something quite independent and, and, and unrivaled in terms of um, some creative directions that she's taken, um, and a long-term collaborator, John Parrish, and they've, they've, they've gone in a couple of different directions in the 2000s and stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess she's quite important in terms of image as well, um, and her look and style, she's... Yeah, the yeah, I, I, it's she's quite almost quite a difficult artist to describe. Actually, I think in terms of summing up, and maybe that's because of some of the di- you know the the diversity and stuff that we get in the album. So it might become easier as we start to talk about them. Um, but yeah, started off as a trio and now um, is a, a solo artist. Collaborated with a lot of other artists as well: Nick Cave, Tom York, um, Mark Lanigan, uh, rest in peace. Um, yeah, Sparkle Horse. Desert Sessions, you know, she's a, um, yeah, got a fantastic discography and um, an extremely fascinating artist. Yeah, well, should we should we get straight into it? 
Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do number five. Let's have your number five, and then we'll we'll do honourable mentions before the first. If you've got any, just so we don't. Yeah, I've got. Oh yeah, I do have two honourable mentions. Um, my number five chalk. is white chalk. Okay, so that doesn't make it into um into my list. So go for it. Um. Well, I think one of the things about PJ that I struggle with sometimes is kind of. I think a lot of the looseness of like the song structures and the kind of the willingness to kind of, uh, for example, in something like Rid of Me, there's like a lot of the songs are kind of these grungy, almost anthemic um, pounding songs, but they're not necessarily, they don't always go in ways I expect them to, or they're quite um, dissonant as well and strange. And I think White Chalk has a bit of that. I I think it's one of her least kind of catchy albums. It's much looser and melancholic and it's mostly um, a piano album. Although I think like most PJ albums, it's very like percussive. Um, but I love her vocal style on this one, the the ethereal nature of it, the depressing sort of almost the kind of folklorish um tone that she expands upon later. But um yeah, it's it's got a kind of a creepy folk tone and um a sense of childhood innocence and and uh, I guess moving into adulthood and becoming a bit more disillusioned, um, and it, it's, it's a, I think it's an album that builds as well. I think it gets better as it goes along. Um, but yeah, definitely very passionate vocal performances, very uh, interesting piano work. I love the the song "When Under Ether" particularly. It's got a kind of mm. skittish piano melody, and it's very haunting. And I appreciate that side of PJ, even though it's not like if it's not the one I go to straight away it's kind of still an interesting diversion and like a fits a certain tone that that's quite nice to to go back to so yeah yeah it doesn't feature on the list but i, I will admit that it because it comes probably the closest um to to making it and but, but had to miss out sort of slightly crazed um like you said yeah the, those elements of childhood in there uh, some fantastic um yeah, Ether, like you mentioned, a brilliant track. Um, and yeah, very much at the opposite end of PJ's discography compared to Rid of Me um, in terms of what she's doing, sort of late 2000s. I think it's the record's from like mid 2000s. Um, and yeah, not an album I'd listened to that much before we did this and enjoyed it, but just didn't quite make it for me. Um, so yeah, my number five is Dry, um, the, the debut. Okay, that didn't make my list. Okay, I don't think that's, it almost that's did. That was very close for me as well. Mm. Well, I, I absolutely love Dry. I think it's um, an excellent, yeah, an incredible debut and a great introduction to um, to her as an artist. It's kind of exhilarating. I think it's a, quite an important album as well for the sort of direction of guitar music. And um, but I guess she kind of she kind of sped away from that anyway, in a way. Um, but yeah, tones quite dark and sludgy, but it's not like a sort of um, like the sort of shoegaze elements, it's got very much that style of like um, a, a slint in sound, um, and with the kind of I think the poetry of Patti Smith was mentioned a lot of the time in sort of reviews and stuff, and you kind of get that real muscular sense to the trio um, in terms of sound. And yeah, you get this very dark and singular perspective in the songwriting, and it's a fantastic introduction to that. You know that the sense of breaking those conventions of femininity, which are very important, I think, to her. And he's kind of, and sort of taking on these slightly sort of 
psyched out and, um, and and almost like violent figures that she kind of plays the role of in her songwriting. Um, and just some fantastic tracks, tracks like Dress. Um, on, it's like about kind of the appearance of a young woman um, and that great chorus of if you put it on, if you put it on, um, it's genuinely catchy. Um, Sheila and the Gig, um, perhaps her most essential track, which she compares sort of the treatment of a, of a lover to these very revealing um, Celtic uh, fertility carvings and some fantastic lines, um, put money in your idle hole. And, you know, he said, wash your breasts. I don't want to be unclean. Um, yeah, it's an absolute stomp and a, and a classic. And yeah, a couple of other tracks, Victory, brilliant. Um, and I think it just works really well as a, as a record. It's a, um, I think it actually gets stronger a bit like White Chuck actually gets even stronger towards the end of the album as well. Um, and yeah, um, a, a fantastic debut. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, it didn't quite make the cut. Well, it's tough at the top. It's tough at the top. Have you got your number four? I do. It's uh, Is This Desire. Mm. That is my number four as well. Isn't that isn't that cute? Yes. Do you want to... You, you go for it. Go for it. It's, it's another one like uh, White Chalk that's a bit of a left field. It's not necessarily one you compare to the other albums as much, but it's... Yeah, it's more electronic. It's kind of a grungy mix of rock and trip hop, and it's very ambitious and wild and strange. But the production's very just kind of clean and pounding. And it's, it's a yeah, it's got these weird. Um, I think there's a lot of kind of blues influence on a lot of the albums, but it's got this weird kind of electronic. Um, blend of that this weird swampy sort of delta blues sound mixed with these very kind of um almost uh kind of repetitive and strange um electronic touches and it is quite a unique atmosphere i think i think um if, if anything's holding the album back for me it's just like it's not necessarily the the best songwriting in her career but i love the sound of this record and it's um it's definitely my type of of thing um like mm. A song like Electric Light sounds like a Porter's Head song in a, in a very good way. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's quite a wild album. Yeah, it is. It, it, this is towards the end of the 90s as she's starting to come away from the the more minimalist, grungy sounds and begins to experiment, like you say, with trip-hop and jazz and orchestral sounds as well. It's a remarkable record and... um kind of unsettled in its nature and that's probably what holds it back from me from getting towards the top is it's that it's almost a little bit too all over the place for me but yes yeah, just some like you said a production on some of the tracks the wind is just such a brilliant track it's better than anything Massive Attack or Porter's Ed ever did it's mm, the best trip I don't co-sign that <laughs> um, but yeah I think there is elements of a, of a transition here for PJ as she we, you know, we're going to move towards later in her career when we get the white chalks and the letting on shakes. This is an important album towards um, getting that. And yeah, I just, like I say, The Wind, brilliant track. Joy is a fantastic track, sort of electro-crazed track, almost semi-dance in its way. Um, and some fantastic lyrics around her own innocence and it being suffocating. It's kind of, PJ, I think, the most fragile and um, it's kind of all on show here. Um, and and yeah, just and other tracks as well. The opener, Angeline, 
Uh, Catherine's a great track and the, and, the, and the closure as well is this desire. Um, I think it's a really good record. My issue is it with it is it slightly cluttered and all over the place and a bit less difficult, a bit more difficult, sorry, to to sort of see a sort of linear thing in it. But an important record in, in her discography and, and really good. Um, and yeah, just some really, really great tracks on there. And, um, but yeah, number four. Is yeah, I think album. also with some of these albums, the more experimental ones, you sort of see those elements get reined in the next um, kind of album, like Stories from the City is kind of, yeah, has uh, some of that sound, but <clears throat> in a bit more of a kind of, sorry, my, oh God. <laughs> voice my voice gone. just went completely DJ um, has stolen his voice yeah she has um, but yeah it's like more reined in or more um, I'm going to get some water I'm afraid I'm, I think you should definitely should get some water yeah before you before you choke to death Right, let's see if I can talk properly. Don't, okay, don't worry, Joe. I've I've been entertaining the listener. It's going to be one of them little nuggets that you mm. know, if you know, in the in the extras at the end of the year. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, your number three. Um, my number three, Louis, is rid of me. Ooh, that appears higher. Oh my! Yeah, goodness. that doesn't surprise me actually. Mm. It's quite a big one. My my number three is to bring you my love. Right, we can. That is my number two. Okay, okay, yes. Well, um, yeah, I'll go for it. I, I think it's an absolutely excellent record. Um, it's one that every time I listen, I'm like, how did I sort of forget how good it was? And, and maybe I don't really think so, I don't register enough sometimes. Um, it's her first kind of as the solo artist, like I mentioned, and it includes the sort of long time collaborators, John Parrish, the, the producer, Flawed. Uh, Mick Harvey, uh, the former Bad Steeds. And it's a kind of step away from Rid of Me sound. And also it's kind of a step away, not complete step away in terms of the sound, but it's certainly a progression. But it's definitely a step away from the more aggressive and violent imagery. And it's more about kind of loss and motherhood and um, religion. Um, and we see, I want to call it the motherly PJ book, it's kind of not motherly in a way. It's, it's it, there's some, you know, the tracks like down by the water. And I think I'm a mother aren't motherly, but there are elements of the maternal in there and things like that. Um, I think the record sounds great. The bass on the record is fantastic. Every time it comes in, it's fantastic. Um, much more diverse in its sound. We've got acoustic tracks. We've got the heavier, dirtier, um, you know, bassier tracks. Um, and it's a more complicated record than the previous ones for that as well. Um, I don't really have a real criticism for it. It's just that I prefer the two albums that are going to come above it. Um, and yeah, I, I just think some of the tracks are fantastic. I mentioned Down by the Water could be a best track. Um, I love I'm Working for the Man. I love that staccated sort of trip hop um, beat that it's got going on. It's almost Sleep of Modsy in, it, in, its, in its beat. Come on, Billy. One of the very best. Um, yeah. Great track. I'll, I'll let you talk about it because it's high on your list, but, but fantastic. Um, yeah, this album's great. It's much more lush in the production than the first two. And even though she's still working with quite sparse elements, it builds such a, a powerful atmosphere. And it's, it's just full of these weird textures that get kind of exaggerated slightly on, on Is This Desire, but this one's so kind of 
it, it has that sparseness, but still, yeah, this weird swampy sound. And like you said, like tracks like Working for the Man, where you've got this um, this really propulsive beat and this weird subdued um, surf guitar. And it's a kind of, it's still quite an erratic uh, experience. The tracks are very varied. You get some that are mostly instrumentals that are just these strange experiments almost. Um, and then some that are these ballads that are incredibly powerful. I mean, the final track of The Dancer is amazing. It's such a great melody. Um, but yeah, I love the kind of the sparseness of this one, how kind of genuine and it feels. And it's all anchored by that theme of like love. And mm. Yeah, but it still, it does have a, a kind of variety to it. And um, yeah, this is just one of the, this, I think each album has a very distinct sound. And I think um, it's about what sounds you like. And this one for me was kind of immediately took me, even though some of the songs yeah. are quite, long it just it just draws you into that atmosphere so well and the tone on her guitar i mean on every one of these albums is so kind of perfectly matched and and always mm. builds this kind of amazing uh sort of eerie and and grimy sense of atmosphere so it's it's great i uh, love this album. yeah yeah i think you touched on something there it's 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 probably access it's quite accessible even though pj i think in general you, there's always a caveat to that but in a similar way to something like Stories from the City, it's got a sense of the accessible. But I just, this I think is kind of, for me, the, the far superior record in terms of, and and also just what I want from PJ a little bit more from from than a record like that. Um, but yeah, Guitar Tone, you're right, excellent. Um, I think it, I think the track's Long Snake Moon, on, in which it's just absolutely superb and, Meets a monster or something, I think is the second track. That's fantastic as well in the guitar tone. So, yeah, really great record. Um, was number three for me, number two for you. Yeah. So that means my number two, which is Rid of Me. Oh. So yeah. I think it was your number three. So Yeah. No, um, I, I used to hate that album, and now I'm growing up. It's growing up. Yeah, there was rumours that you hated the album. Um, yeah. But I love the album um it was i think the first pj i listened to which is probably not unsurprising i think it's the maybe the most iconic in terms of its its look and its time yeah um, it's very critically acclaimed as now yeah yeah it's it's very abrasive and acerbic and it's pj at her most punishing there's nothing left on the pitch in this album um she's on show in all the vulnerabilities and um, the, the the sort of violence of the imagery um, and it really dabbles in the extremities of, of the grunge minimalist sound. We've got Albini who makes a return to the podcast again um, who is the master of loud quiet and the raw recording of something. Um, the drums on this sound ridiculous. Um, I think PJ said it's as if you are stood right in front of the drum kit and that no one else can record an album um, in that way other than Albini and um, yeah I just think it's a very honest intense album um, and I'm kind of hanging off for every word on it um, I, I think it's yeah far better than any of those other sort of 90s records that that, that um, not all 90s records Christ but far better than a lot of 90s records that I think kind of have a similar vibe maybe I don't know Babes in Toyland or sort of Hole or something like that that that, um, that, that purport this is absolutely amazing. And um, Opener's incredible, as we know. Um, 
just completely undeniable and crazed. And, you know, that performance on, is it the late show? Is just absolutely, where she does it on her own is just incredible. Um, missed the second one, unbelievable. Robert Till It Bleeds and, and Man Size with the sort of critique of the Macho Male. Amazing. Um, I love the cover of Highway 61. Um, Yuri G, brilliant track. Um, yeah, what an album. Yeah, I mean, I think originally I just found it quite inaccessible. And I think mm. part of it has to do with that sound. I think you've really got to kind of sit down with it and get some proper headphones on. Because I think it was sort of that era of my music listening life where I'd sort of flick through things. I was kind of like, I really don't get the appeal of mm. this. But you do have to sort of sit with the songs and, and listen to those progressions because it is very, it's a very stark difference, especially compared to like people who are known for that kind of sound like Pixies and Nirvana. It's very much more exaggerated here it's very like you have passages of the songs that are incredibly quiet and, and then it kind of unleashes uh and yeah i couldn't quite get hooked by original but now i'm i'm a pro uh pro rid of me um mm. yeah but i'm still like it's still there's still two better in my opinion that's the way that's my take yeah that's fair enough yeah i'd like, like to there was a go on sorry i was just i think it's an album that's like sad i don't know it's not like saddled by its reputation but i feel like it's almost unfair on the other because like you see like oh it's like a hundred in the you know wrong stuff like to bring you my love is an excellent why is that not making an appearance mm. or yeah i think it's yeah, one of those things where people include one and it's like yeah it carries a big reputation definitely and, and and a lot of the it's almost like in those lists you've got to fit a pj one in and which one are you going to go for you're going to go for rid of me maybe because of its uh mm iconic i do think it i do think it lives up to its reputation but yeah i think other albums are maybe um yeah are put down because of it there was a there was something i think i read i think it's probably on the wikipedia page that made me smile about the record i think so um is it the album is apparently the album drew attention from more established musicians which i found funny elvis costello apparently uh, commented that a lot of harvey's songs seem to be about blood and fucking um <laughs> A statement Harvey disagreed with, and that was oh. all. That was the that was the sort of the quote which, which I really enjoyed. As a um, poor Elvis getting it wrong again. Um, does that mean we're all at our number ones? Yeah, sure. Oh, actually, we might have the same one. Oh, oh, are we going oh, to honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to take so, that. So, my honourable mentions will be um, White Chalk, um, which we mentioned before. Um, which was probably the closest one to getting in that didn't, um, and Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Um, uh, what about yourself? Yeah, mine are uh, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, and Dry. They're both great. Okay. That makes sense. And does it mean harmony at the top? It's got to be, right? It may, well, it may well do. Go on, your number one, Joe. It's Let England Shake. <sighs> England's Dancing Days are done, yes. Let England Shake is number one for me. Also, well. I'm going to make a statement here. I think okay. this is at least top five rock albums of the 2010. It's got to be. It's absolutely. I think this is up there with the very best album of the 2010s. It's it's it, it would have been my. It's certainly my best favorite album of the 2010s. Yeah, it's got to be. It's fantastic. Soldiers fall like love 
yeah, it's an album that I've got such affinity for since I first heard it. Um, I don't think there's another record like it. It's kind of mystifying, captivating, compelling. Um, yeah, I'm, I think that moment uh, as you come into the second track when Last Living Rose kicks in, I never fail to just kind of chuckle to myself and think, yes, this is a fantastic record. I, I love it so much. Um, yeah, uh, brilliant. It's... Um, as a kind of introduction to it, it's kind of amusing on English identity, imperialism, war, and 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 the sort of special relationship. I saw something again. Apparently, this was an enemy quote. Um, Francis Ford Coppola can lay claim to the war movie. Ernest Hemingway, the the war novel. Polly Jean Harvey, uh, a forty-one-year-old from Dorset, has has laid claim to the war album. Mm. Um, so, which I quite enjoyed. That's a pretty good quote from the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, but there, there's got to be one from all they've written. Yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a um, a wonderfully um, complex and powerful uh, record. It's also really immediate. Um, the opening four tracks, um, I think I mentioned them when Last Living Rose kicks in. That I just love it. But um, the opening four tracks are remarkable and kind of very quickly get into your conscience uh, in terms of the way they go. I, I think it's... Um, let England shake, last living rose, glorious land, words that make it murder, um, are fantastic. Um, and I think I used to think it was a front-loaded record, record, but actually I think the second half is fantastic, really, really good in the sense that it kind of um, is a little bit more subtle, a little bit more kind of ethereal and, and, and funereal at times. Um, and I think actually there's some fantastic songs on the, on the back, back half of the record as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to stop talking a little bit and let you talk for a bit because I'll just talk for hours. Um, yeah, I think you're right about the uniqueness of the sound of this album. But it's very, it's a very subtle kind of distinction because in a sense it's a kind of folk rock album. Mm. Um, but it's got this wonderful, creepy, shimmering guitar that's like reverbed and it builds this strange um well i said ethereal to describe one other album but this is a a ghostly album it feels like the dead sort yep. of coming alive and narrating it and the it's got a sing-song kind of catchy quality to it which makes some of the lyrical moments so so devastating like when she's talking about what is the the glorious fruit of our land and it's like the bones of deformed children or something like kind of it's so <laughs> creepy but you kind of want to sing along and uh, yeah, those first four tracks, I think I think what you're drawing on is like, yeah, they're not necessarily make it front-loaded, but they are like, they're so catchy and minute yeah. as songs. They just, you couldn't chop like a second out. They're just so direct and and fun. And, and it's got, it's got those mimicking of like cavalry marches and, and the drums and things like that. And the, it's got the trumpet in one of the songs. Yeah. And, it evokes the atmosphere so well. It's almost like uh, you can picture everything. And yeah, it's very visceral, but it, yeah, strangely the most catchy PJ album for me and one I'll go back to like constantly. Yeah, you're right. The, the instrumentation is really good. Lots of use of brass and the very military, yeah, marching sense and and, and, and clapping sense in, in, in some places as well. Um, it's definitely, yeah, it sort of comes after white chalk and her voice is still kind of is often in that kind of higher register particularly on something like i think on battleship hill 
the opening to that is is kind of otherworldly a, a, a voice, but I think is yeah, it's a lot more immediate. And I just think that the songs and, and lyrics, um, like you say, are, are incredible. Um, the line about goddamn Europeans and taking her back to beautiful England on Last Living Rose. You mentioned the deformed children line, which is um, definitely one. The, the you know she's seen fall, soldiers fall like lumps of meat on the uh, the words that make it murder. Um, yeah, just just some brilliant, um, fantastic tracks. Um, and yeah, I think those tracks on the on you know like something like All and Everyone, which acts as a bit of a centerpiece and is a little bit of a come down from those first four, is incredible. England is really really good. A kind of very tattered fragile and dying love for the homeland that, that leaves a bitter taste and yet yeah, it's, it's so good um and yeah i think the final track as well which tells of um uh, a character called louis going over the top and becoming a pile of bones um is yes uh, scary maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a just a great record um and yeah, it just it couldn't not go at the top. No, well, I'm glad we got an agreement there. Yeah, it's it's a harmony at the top, um, as was needed. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was um, was ranking our top five PJ Harvey albums. Um, what a lot of fun! Yeah, I'm looking forward to editing out my weird coughing fit, but we'll see how that works. Yeah, I think I yeah, that's got to go in a sort of golden nuggets. Um, maybe we'll see who our you know our our biggest listener is, and that they will get access to the golden nuggets of the yeah, podcast, which include things like yeah, it includes things like me plugging in my charger every now and then, and <laughs> and, and and my my uh, headphones dying or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, right then, guys. Yeah. See you next time.